0: Welcome to the unplanned episode of Downtime Podcast, where Jeremy and I are not ready to record this because we've been busy all week being adults and oh, by the way, my name's Elisa. Hey, how's it going?
1: I'm Jeremy. Hello, good evening,
0: yeah, um, yeah, I'm not prepared for this. I'm just going to say right now that I didn't play any games this week, and just a, I don't want to go too much into it, but I changed jobs this week, so this is the reason why I haven't been doing much. I was getting used to my new stuff, and also I left my old job. And the transitional period is always a little wonky, because you have to figure out your schedules and how you sleep. How are you doing before we talk about the greatest game of all time,
1: I suppose? Um, I'm doing well. Uh I'm I'm glad to hear that you're still doing well in the transition period and uh for those that don't know this is called onboarding when you're super busy and you don't know what else to do with your time because all you can do is work and I went through that 2 weeks ago so it's normal you know and even though we don't have much to talk about today there's a lot of news that we'll get into later but this is this is
0: this has been a, pa- a w- interesting 2 months for us because we've been trying to find jobs Er, and it finally came to fruition and here we are
1: 2019 is gonna be a good year a year um, of
0: changes
1: yeah it's nice to have a New little bit beginnings. more money yeah, yeah it's nice it's nice to have a little bit more money to buy more games yeah and that's definitely something I'm uh trying to make myself a goal like basically make a goal of this yes. year and I we did talk about resolutions last year which I will kind of talk about in a bit but uh to answer your first question Lisa I'm doing okay. I'm kind of tired. Um, it's almost the end of the week. There's going to be some crazy things happening this weekend. Uh, basically, my girlfriend's birthday, where I'm going to drink a lot because it's soju. We're going to a soju bar, and <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> it's like I'm like trying to prepare myself mentally for that. Shout um, out to
0: chicken wings, though.
1: Yo, shout out to Korean food, soju bars, and just ah, oh, so good. Just Korean just good stuff the best. for real. Um, so yeah, just. I've been I've been okay. Um, I've been trying to squeeze some time in this week to play some games. I fixed my computer finally. I fixed it on Monday. Um, no more yelling. Cur- yeah, no more yelling. But although the yelling chat is still there, and I'll I'll be mm-hmm. typing uh, random and stuff. More things
0: to yell about.
1: Oh, you'll hear about it soon. Uh, <laughs> I I installed that one terabyte SSD into my desktop, which I'm recording onto now, and it's quiet. So quiet. It's a whisper quiet, and I love it. Um. Yeah, so officially, my computer now has 10 terabytes of storage, which is insane.
0: Oh, that's pretty good. Good work. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah, technically, it's 11-ish because uh, there's like three mechanical hard drives, two that are four terabytes each, and then one that's two terabytes, and the uh, SSD is one terabyte. So, I mean, minus the OS, let's say it's like 10 and a quarter terabytes of storage on my computer and i'm like trying to organize all my external hard drives from like just like personal pictures and um documents and stuff uh so that's probably gonna be a project for me later uh this weekend or maybe early next week um but yeah no other than that just work life trying to trying to figure out my work life balance right now um yeah same uh- yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And I, I've been going to the gym, actually. So now to talk about resolutions we talked about last year, I've been going to the gym and I am sore as hell right now. It's one of the reasons why I'm so tired. I've am I i take I've taken up a boxing class, interestingly enough.
0: Oh, boxing's really awesome. That's cool. Are you taking kickboxing or regular boxing?
1: Just regular boxing. Just That's straight pretty up. That's awesome wrap the bands around my, my wrists, Rock Lee style, put on the boxing gloves like Lil Mac and just start punching. But it's How more to that. How
0: many minutes do you spend per session with your trainer?
1: So it's about 30 minutes to an hour, depending on the trainer's schedule, because uh, there's there's other people in the class too. And uh, the trainer wants to individually go around with each of us and kind of like we'll do warm ups, and then we'll like do stuff as a class and then she'll kind of like evaluate each of us um, for a little bit. So it really depends on her schedule. Since this is kind of like a free class that I'm taking, got which is, it, which is awesome. Yeah, uh, so my upper body is just in a lot, in a lot of pain right now. I, I this is gonna sound like such a first world problem. I had to grab the rail on the train today, like the upper <laughs> rail, and, and it hurts so much to grab it. I was like, ah, why am I doing this? I'm like wearing like my my gym bag and my backpack. I'm like, ah, this hurts so much. <laughs> it's the but,
0: struggles of just um starting a boxing any sort of routine that does strength training in my opinion it yeah it takes two weeks i think in my experience playing volleyball and stuff it takes two weeks
1: totally totally and this is just the beginning so of course you know these wounds will heal but uh for now i'm just trying to figure out what my when i say work-life balance i mean like like working and part of that life is also video games but also going to the gym and so this is something that's kind of new for me to incorporate gym life so i'm only going two days a week right now because i don't want to just like start doing it and then be in incredible pain for like a couple months because i want to ease into it and plus the boxing classes are only like tuesdays and thursdays and so there's like some performance training in this boxing class. But there's also just the boxing stuff itself because you can't just like start boxing. You you also have to like physically train yourself to be performance ready. I'd say, and then you can start you know doing the more intense boxing stuff. So yeah, my first day was like I jumped right into it and I, I was so sore from it. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's been fun and it, I'm definitely crossing out one of the things on my uh my my goals for this year, which was to go to the gym. Awesome. And I, Even though I thought it would be every day, I think it's better that I'm not doing it every day.
0: If you're starting off with boxing, you shouldn't do it every day. In fact, two to three days a week is the perfect time. Because the thing is, is that, um, I mean, okay, bodybuilders and people who work out every day are going to tell you something different. And I'm going to tell you something different. So... Whether or not you agree with me and I'm talking to the listeners, it doesn't really matter. But I think that you shouldn't do arm workouts and upper body workouts straight. You should do focuses on different body parts. So I think it's great that you're only doing it two times a week. And like, I feel like if you added one more extra day of, say, like you ran or like you did legs, then that would be the most ideal. So you did arm, legs, arm. Or upper body, lower body, upper body, in your case.
1: Right. That's right.
0: So I think you're on track.
1: Thank you. And that's kind of how I planned it out to be. I think for the long term, I'm still going to stick it to just two days a week because I really don't want to go to the gym every day. I think that's just too much. And plus, I feel like for those other three days of the week, I kind of want some me time and for, you know, not going to the gym. Although I do consider gym part of me time. Um... I want some time where I can just like relax, you know, oh, yeah, and, like, totally. play, play video games. Otherwise then, w- you know, why Why am I doing all this if I'm not going to play any video games?
0: It's
1: true. <laughs> um, speaking of that.
0: Oh, before you go into that, uh, yeah. I just want to make a quick announcement for Downtime Podcast. So by the time this episode comes out on a Monday... The, on the weekend, a episode of SideQuest would have been released. And if you're listening to that, if you listened to that episode already, first of all, thank you. And then second of all, our next episode of SideQuest is going to be a little bit of kind of like a love guru romantic advice episode. So ask us really random questions about relationships And hell, it can even be about friendships too. But ask us anything regarding relationships. And Jeremy and I are going to give you our opinions on how to deal with it. Because we don't really... So Jeremy and I, we don't know how the other person thinks in regards to relationships. So it should be interesting.
1: It'll be eye-opening for both of us.
0: I know. So we'll see what happens. Now, on to...
1: Sekiro a- ah! <laughs> shadows die twice, okay, I know you were prefacing this as the best game ever, but I'm gonna say this this game is literally kicking my ass, it frustrates me so much. <laughs> I'm smiling right now, oh God. I'm smiling right now, but I, it hurts so good. It hurts so bad, and there's something in between that, too. Uh, basically, I started this game um, a little before and a little after I started working out, and so my arms hurt while I was playing the game. And so oh. My that combined the, with the with the frustration of just losing all the time I'm like oh my god it just hurts so much it literally physically hurts to play this game and it also hurts to die internally so I'm just like uh oh, this game is literally going to give me a hernia but no seriously though it's it's a fun game overall i mean it goes without saying this games from from the studio called From Software. They created all the Souls games, like Dark Souls as well as Bloodborne, and some games before that. Um but they're primarily known for their Dark Souls slash Bloodborne, aka the uh what is it called? Soul born soul soul born games? I forget, there's a name for it. Um so this one's a little bit different from those in that it's not best it's not based on um kind of a Western look and style where those the dark souls games and I, I believe the bloodborne game was uh based on I think more Blood european Born, styles
0: yeah i think bloodborne is this because i don't think bloodborne and dark souls are the same company correct
1: no they are the same company oh they are the same company never mind yeah um so they're ba- they're both based on more of a european aesthetic i'd say like more of a medieval knight looking aesthetic um but for sekiro the developers wanted to go for more of a traditional Japanese sense since they are a Japanese studio. And I guess for them, it was more of a love letter to both their culture but also um, their series as a whole since this game is vastly different from uh, the Bloodborne slash Dark Souls series. And there are a lot of elements that cross over such as you know checkpoints that you go to and that you can like rest at. But resting also respawns all the enemies. So you have to make a decision. Do you keep going on or do you go back to a healing spot and uh heal yourself with the risk of all the enemies reappearing. So, to That
0: sounds like Neo.
1: Yeah, so to go back to it at its core, um it's a third-person action-adventure game with minor platform elements. Um there is a method to the madness when it comes to the combat styles. There's an attack button, there's a block button, there's a jump button, there's a dodge button, and Is there
0: really a method?
1: You know, it's Perry 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 slash slash block block, but there are some moves that you can learn later on that'll help counter special weapons that some of the people have. So, like let's say for example, there's a a guy that has a spear and he'll try to thrust at you, and you can do this move called the Mikiri counter where you press Circle if you're on a PlayStation, uh, uh if you're on the PS4 console, you'll press Circle and then, uh, your character will stomp the spear into the ground and. You'll do a death a, a death blow, which is basically a final killing move. But some bosses, mini bosses, particularly require two death blows. And what you have to do is you have to whittle their health down to a certain point where you can perform a death blow. And for special moves like the Mikuri counter, you can get a death blow instantly without them having you know less than uh, less than half health. So. Yeah, it's it's just better to learn all these different moves and uh, there's different combos and stuff that you can learn over time. So I haven't played any of the Dark Souls or Bloodborne game games uh, specifically, so I can't really tell you how much how similar these games are. I just know that there are certain elements that are similar to those games. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a game about a ninja, and the game they refer to them as shinobi, which is the Japanese word for ninja, and you play as uh, a shinobi named Wolf. And his duty is to protect his young master who is the rightful heir to the throne. I I believe it's like he's supposed to be the Emperor of Japan or something, but I don't know exactly. I they I, they they tell you so little but show you so much, and so I'm trying to figure some of this out. Um and basically your job is to protect him, but he gets kidnapped and now you have to go rescue him, and he's he's in this giant castle, and you have to get to the giant castle, but you start really far away. Um so there's kind of an open world element to it. Uh, I would say that this game is a lot brighter than the Dark Souls games, since the Dark Souls games are both dark in tone, but also in lighting. Since they're kind of known for that, like what's around the corner or what's in front of you, you can't really see it. But in in um in Sekiro, you can actually see what's like really far ahead of you on some parts of the level. Um, so yeah, there's oh, some so sections. so it
0: like gives you and kind of like there's a button you can press and you can see like the shadows are sensing or of the enemies that are in oh, your radar.
1: No, it's a passive trait so it's always turned on. The game is like, oh, the main character wolf can see in the dark at all times no matter what the lighting is like. So there's a there's a level, the second level you go to is is all in the dark, but everything is perfectly lit for you as the as the main character, but for the NPCs, right. they don't see past a certain period because, you know, they're kind of blind to that. But for the main character, he kind of has these he's like really weird supernatural powers where uh he can see in the dark clearly. And also he can't die. So what that means is there's if you die in the game, um uh, you get two chances to revive yourself, but there's a cooldown between both of them. Um there is a negative side effect to this, however, so if you keep reviving yourself during battle, you will incur this thing called Dragon Rot, which is a disease that infects some of the main NPCs that prevent you from going further on to the quests. So in order to cure the dragon rot, you have to get dragon rot tears or like dragon tears basically, and these tears help to cure anyone who has the dragon rot disease. And it's annoying because these tears are like 180 sen, which is like the the currency in the game. How do you get and currency you- in the game? Kill NPCs. Okay. <laughs> and you know, the higher the le- higher level the NPCs are basically, if you the NPCs in level 1 don't yield as much money as the NPCs in level 2, um you have to keep collecting money over and over again. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things to consider in this game, like different move sets. There's different items that help you increase different stats. And so it's like, there's a lot of things that are all over the place. This is a proper well-built RPG and I'm still trying to wrap my head around some of the aspects of it. Um, But for me, it's just like, I want, I just want to go in there and start killing things. But the way that I play action games like this, don't work out the way that you're supposed to play this game since this game is really nuanced and meant for hardcore players and people with patience and so there's and there's a mini boss
0: who like torture
1: exactly and i i've come to start to not like it so i'm like i'm not regretting my purchase of this game i think it, i definitely feel like i bought this game and i'm i am enjoying it but it's going to take a long time for me to beat this game the way that i'm playing it and i'm trying to learn how to not play it the way that i'm supposed to that i'm uh like going into playing it i'm i'm trying to learn the way that i'm supposed to play it basically um so for me this is a whole new learning experience um for example there's a boss that's an ogre and by the way the this is set in the edo period of japan or is it the meiji period no it's the edo period edo period yeah edo period because it, there's like a no sorry no i don't edo period sengoku era sengoku is like when a time uh when japan had a several like a really intense civil war in the country to determine who the emperor was um i could be getting that wrong but anyway someone when
0: that era is but that's okay it's like
1: the 1600s um so there's like some famous samurai that was uh mentioned at that time in, in real history his name is miyamoto musashi and he's probably the, like the most famous samurai of all uh anyways so during this time period there's like there was trading going on with like the dutch but also um you know, there's still samurai and ninjas around. Uh, so you'll see guys with muskets. You'll see guys, um, of course, samurai walking around. Uh, but some of the enemies are actually mythical creatures. And some of them are just, you know, even, even though this is supposed to take place in, in history, they do take some elements from, like, um, historical Japanese uh, uh, monsters and creatures. So, for example, there's, like, a giant ogre that comes running at you like he's tied up and then he'll come running at you and you have to defeat him it took me like 30 times to beat this guy because i didn't know how to to kill him and i kept like trying and over and over and over again and i was like i can't beat this giant thing and i think for me this game is a lot about trial and error and oh, yeah. i'm learning it i'm those learning it the hard way about,
0: those games are all about trial error and luck
1: Ugh, yeah i've been so lucky with that ogre thing holy crap, and I I found out that I missed another mini-boss before I was supposed to fight the ogre, I completely missed an easier mini-boss, and I'm like, damn it well, why am I doing this and so, I mean, it, it is a lot of exploration and kind of like figuring out your own way, which I like but, um, you know there's not too much hand-holding, and there's not too much uh, there's not too much direction, which I think is good it's more Breath of the Wildy, where Breath of the Wild's like, this is the starting area alright, you finish the starting area now go find something else to do. You're like, what do I do? And the game's like, just go find it. And you're like, okay. So then you have to like walk around and figure out like, oh, these giant guardian things are going to kill me in one hit. I should not go this way. But for Sekiro, it's like, you can sneak. Okay, sneak past enemies. I didn't know I was supposed to kill everything that was in my sights to get coins, you know? I snuck past everything until I got to the ogre. I'm like, shit, I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs>
0: Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And at least like the way Neo worked... I don't remember a lot of the mechanics, but if you killed more of the demon, the demon um, people, then you could get experience in the form of like a calmer spirit and it would help level you up. So obviously it would be nice to just pass by all these villains and all these enemies. But of course, there's something useful to them if you killed them.
1: Right, exactly. Which sucks. Yeah, it's it's horrible. It's it's terrible. But I mean, at the end of the day,
0: I love torture.
1: <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> yeah, bring it on. Give it yeah! to me. <laughs> at the end of the day, I think it is a fun game. Again, this is my first time playing a game from from software, so I got pushed into the deep end. I'm trying to learn how to swim uh, while I'm learning how to swim. I'm getting my ass kicked and it hurts oh, wow. so good and it hurts so bad, but I think it's well worth it and I'm going to enjoy the rest of this game. And I, again, this is going to take me a while to complete. So if there's something else that I will take priority over while this, while I'm playing this game, then I will play that over this one. Uh, for example, judgment in June, if I don't finish this game, by June and judgment comes out then I'm probably just going to play judgment and forget about Sekiro for a while.
0: Oh yeah, fuck that. Sorry <laughs> if y'all can't tell. I'm never going to play Sekiro.
1: Yeah, that's fine. I'm your Sekiro entry into this all whole thing. So
0: Yeah, Neo traumatized me forever. We're never doing that ever again.
1: <laughs> you you beat it though, right?
0: I didn't beat Neo. I was I want to say I was halfway done and I didn't it was one of those things where I don't even necessarily think that like I was stuck in a place and I rage quit. I just stopped playing it because okay. my head hurt, Jeremy,
1: <laughs> your head, your heart,
0: my heart, my soul. <laughs> I had to do what was best for me.
1: You do you, you know, yep. um, Okay, yeah, what about... And you said you're not playing anything this week? No, or? I,
0: I haven't been playing anything since i have been a transitional period. But thank okay. you for sharing your thoughts on Sekiro.
1: Yeah, Um. I want to go into Cube Corner real quick before we move on to news. All right. All right, welcome to Cube Corner, where I talk about GameCube games. So today, um, I teased it last week, we'll be talking about Godzilla, the only godzilla game on the gamecube which is called (laughs) it's escaping me godzilla destroy all monsters melee
0: there was a a pause i was like what if the name is just godzilla
1: no (laughs) so gamecube had two melee games there was godzilla and then there was super smash brothers and so when you talk about melee everyone of course thinks about super smash brothers melee but people forget that there's a godzilla fighting game called destroy all monsters melee and i think i honestly think that they chose melee just to hop onto the melee bandwagon so people would be like uh, some some like parent would be like oh i'm I'm trying to buy my son melee and then the guy game stops like or eb games or suffer etc i was like oh godzilla here it is and then the dad's like oh great thanks and then the dad brings it home to his kid and the kid's like this is not the Melee I wanted. And then the dad's like, well, you said Melee. You didn't say exactly what Melee. And the kid's like, okay. But then he puts it into his GameCube and he's like, wow, this is actually a lot of fun. I love this game. I'm kids a- everywhere
0: now- disappointed forever until they realize, <laughs> hey, Godzilla.
1: Exactly. Now, what I just described was just, a, this just a, f- a fake story. I actually did actively seek and buy this game out when I was younger. My brother and I grew up watching Godzilla films. We watched a lot of them actually now that I think about it. Everything from the nineteen fifty four original to the nineteen ninety two Godzilla versus Mega Godzilla, whatever. So yeah, we, we have a long history of Godzilla. We both love it. Um I love the the recent Japanese Godzilla, Shin Godzilla, and I'm excited for the new legendary Godzilla, Godzilla Destroy All Monsters. Um not Destroy All Monsters, Godzilla King of the Monsters, uh that's coming out this year. Um so yeah, this game is a four-player fighting game um, where you play as various Godzilla monsters. Uh, They're called kaiju in Japanese, which basically means, like, giant monster. Um, So you play everyone from Godzilla to Godzilla's friend... "Quote unquote friend" Anguirus. There's Destroyer, Gigant, Godzilla '90s, which is his look from the 1990s. Godzilla 2000, his Godzilla look from
0: Godzilla '90s. <laughs> yeah, it's, he
1: looks derpy, and I love it. It's, that's the one I grew up with. And Godzilla 2000 was like the one from the movie called Godzilla Millennium in the West. And then they they retired him in, in like 2014 or whatever when the American Godzilla came out, because the last Godzilla movie that came out in Japan was Godzilla Final Wars. And that movie came out in 2004 to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Godzilla. So they literally had all the popular monsters of Godzilla into one movie. There was a cheesy. Yeah. There's like a cheesy subplot. There was like a cheesy main plot. There was like this big American dude who is one of the main cast members. He was like a pro wrestler or something. I forget his name, but yeah, there's like this big white dude who was in there. I was like, this is amazing. This is a great movie. Um, so yeah, and he, they even had, uh, Godzilla from the 1998 American Godzilla movie with Matthew Broderick in in Godzilla Final Wars which was interesting. And but he got killed in like 2 seconds. So it was it was great.
0: Wait, Godzilla or Matthew Broderick?
1: Not Matthew Broderick. Godzilla from Yeah, oh,
0: okay. yeah. I had to clarify.
1: <laughs> yeah, no worries. They killed Matthew Broderick in that movie. Oh, <laughs> he's like course. he's like it's my day off and then they killed him. <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh, yeah, so they have King Ghidorah, Mecha Godzilla, Mecha King Ghidorah, Megalon, uh yeah, there's a bunch there's a bunch of different monsters in this game. This is and a Japanese game. It was developed by Atari. Oh,
0: okay, okay.
1: Actually, I could be wrong. I think it was published by Atari on the GameCube. Um and uh Pipeworks Software was the company that made it. They're based in Oregon. They made another Godzilla game after this one uh for the PS2 and Xbox called Godzilla save the earth they bit they made other Godzilla games too um and they helped make Terraria
0: oh wow okay
1: yeah um but in any case yeah so Godzilla vs. Monsters Melee has a a main story where you play as Godzilla and you have to save the earth basically by defeating other monsters that are controlled by these aliens this is basically the subplot not subplot. This is basically the main plot of Godzilla: Final Wars. Now that I think about it, um, but it was fun. It it was. Uh, you could play the game solo, of course. We do the main campaign. You could um do. You can fight against one person. You can fight against three people, four people. It's great. There's different levels. There's San Francisco. San Francisco appears. Shout like, out. Uh, yeah, a couple times you can destroy San Francisco. You can literally pick up buildings and throw them at each other. Um. There's cheat codes where you can have like unlimited lives and and like unlimited uh uh power meter. Bas- basically the power meter allows you to do a special move that your character can perform. So, for example, Godzilla has atomic breath and pressing the Z button on the GameCube allows you to charge up your atomic breath and then release it and then this uses up that power level. Mecha uh, Mechagodzilla has like laser eyes but also rocket fingers. So, these are all based on like, you know, the stuff from the movies, which is great. All, all the character models look really similar to their movie counterparts. Of course, they have to, but they're they're screen accurate, I would say, and I think that was really cool about it. Um, yeah, no, this is a really solid Godzilla game slash fighting game, and my brother and I loved this game so much and still love it to this day. Uh, yeah, and it kind of paved the way for other Godzilla fighting games, uh I own one on the PS4 called Godzilla and I was expecting it to be a lot like Godzilla Destroy All Monsters Melee but it was not and was I'm kind of disappointed. The same developer? No, actually, it's by Who is it by? There's another company that created it. I think it's a Japanese company that created it. Um and uh it doesn't play like the GameCube one because it just it doesn't feel like you know, it doesn't feel like the same. It doesn't feel the same way as as the other one. This one, the one on the PS4, is kind of similar to an act, I'd say closer to an actual fighting game where there's like combos and stuff. Which, I'm like, yo, I'm not about this right now. Cause please, no. But um, yeah. Uh, all in all, a great game if you own a GameCube and you have this game. I hope you love it. If you are looking to collect this game, it's definitely one for the books. I think this is a really solid kaiju fighting game. Um, Definitely a good party game. If you're tired of Melee or tired of Mario Party, pop in Godzilla and see where it takes you. Very nice. And yeah, this has been this edition of Cube Corner. Thanks for listening.
0: Now... On to gaming news, which there's a lot of. Uh, We'll list out as much as we remember, and then we'll end this podcast. Yep. Now, one of the biggest announcements that just happened yesterday is, or maybe was it today? Whatever. The last 24 hours, Borderlands 3 just got officially announced at PAX East, which is happening in Boston right now. Gearbox went to announce it, and... It's funny because I think Borderlands got leaked. Borderlands 3 got leaked a few days ago on 4chan.
1: <laughs> of all the places.
0: Of all the places.
1: And, yeah, yeah go ahead.
0: Oh, and and um, Borderlands 3 is not a battle royale because the developers have said it.
1: Thank goodness. I, I love that. They're keeping with the humor of the games and being like, this ain't no damn Battle Royale. This is a Borderlands game. It's exactly what you were expecting. Um, a couple takeaways to note here. Borderlands 3, you know, Gearbox can count to three, unlike Valve. There's a joke there. There's a joke somewhere <laughs> there. Um, and it's pretty much the, tra- the trailer shows that it's a pretty standard Borderlands game. You have, like, vehicles. There's a billion guns that they're touting, which I think is insane. They've always had millions of guns in every iteration of the game um kooky characters they even had a character from tales from the borderlands the uh telltale game which i thought was pretty cool um yeah so we'll see if there's more characters from tales from the borderlands there's cheeky humor of course claptrap some rad music uh crazy villains large enemies there's like a fry breathing t-rex alien creature that was awesome um, I'm definitely looking forward to it. My brother is a huge Borderlands fan. It's a great game. Uh, yeah, and I was asked, I was texting him earlier today. I was like, "Hey, did you see this?" He's like, "Whoa, no. This is my first time seeing it." I'm like, "I thought you would be I thought you'd be on top of this. You're like a major fan." If
0: you weren't watching Pax East though or saw news about Pax East, you probably would have not encountered this until it, until it got super public in the news.
1: Full disclosure, I I saw this on our Discord, so shout out to Hooded Dude who posted this, or was it? No, yeah, it was Hooded Dude. Shout out to Hooded Dude for posting this because that was freaking awesome.
0: I think that with every reveal trailer, you get a really nice teaser, and we're about to find out more information in the upcoming months, and maybe fall, maybe winter. We'll see what happens. Maybe even maybe early even next... summer.
1: Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's gonna be ready Do you soon think it's
0: done
1: yeah it looks question. like it's it looks like it's done but we don't know because it was just a dev trailer showing you all the aspects of the game they literally didn't tell you anything they just showed you a bunch of stuff which is awesome um i there's yeah there's nothing
0: wrong with that at all
1: totally Uh, so we'll see if this game comes with a special edition. My brother was like, I want to buy the special edition if they have one. Last time they had a special edition, it came with the full size claptrap robot, like remote controlled robot thing.
0: yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. And then let's also like, most likely there's going to be a special edition that has all three games.
1: Yeah, because the Borderlands Handsome Collection came out on the PS4, which I currently own. And that game has Borderlands pre-sequel one and two which is pretty cool, but, um, I haven't touched it since I bought it. (laughs) And I'm actually, when it comes to shooters, I prefer things more on the PC. Mm -hmm. That's just how I feel. I mean, no offense to any console gamers out there, but I do feel like keyboard or mouse is the way that shooters are meant to be played because it's just, it's just so much easier. You know, it's just so much quicker. I, I was playing, um, Halo online, El Dorito. It's a mod that basically created Halo online, uh, from uh, existing file source from Russia. Basically, three four three created this online game that was meant for Russia only, and it, it of course it was Halo themed. And the whole point of it was so that they can have an online test market to have Halo on the PC, and then someone leaked these dev files to the West, and people in the West start developing it and making it their own thing. Um, three four three got involved, and they were like, "Oh, you can't do this," but then they were like, "Okay, but you know we're." you have to tell us why and 343 was like we can't tell you why and that was like a couple years ago that this happened and now it turned out because the master chief collection was coming to pc that's why 343 couldn't talk about it um so unfortunately El Dorito slash halo online will be coming to an end but uh i just felt like playing halo on the pc was definitely a better experience for me than playing it on xbox of course xbox is one of the original ways to play a shooter game especially Halo, such an iconic franchise as Halo, but people have to also remember that Halo came out on the PC as well. So, you know, when it comes to things like this, I just feel like the PC is a better system for playing first-person shooters and just kind of shooters in general, to be honest.
0: Yeah, totally. It It's uh, easier to aim, and um, I, I feel like it's not as sticky either.
1: Right and you can also build your PC to be a little bit more powerful than consoles and so you'll have a little bit more extra leg room when you're running higher games. Uh yeah, so Borderlands, looking forward to it. It definitely has the the Borderlands feel when I saw the trailer. I yep. will definitely be picking it up, but probably not on day 1. I'm probably going to wait. I usually like to buy the Borderlands games when all the DLC comes out, but for 3, I might just pick it up, you know, maybe a month or two after it comes out since I just love the Borderlands series.
0: Yeah, totally. I'm a, I'm going to play it as well. Um, I don't think I'll pick it up on launch either, but we'll see what happens because I don't think there's going to... Especially if it comes out in fall. I don't really have a fall game, except for Catherine. So we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, right on, right on.
0: Yeah. Um... Let's see, a lot of new trailers were also released. They released a new trailer for Days Gone that showed a lot more of the footage, which is going in full force because it comes out in, 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 I think, a month from now. I don't think exactly a month from now. Um, So PlayStation had this announcement called The State of Play, where they just released so many games on VR. Which which I thought was really weird. There's a lot of new games coming out on PlayStation VR. And I mean,
1: they're still trying to push it, and I, I think, get it.
0: I get that they're trying to push it, but let's be real. They're making another PlayStation VR now. They're probably making a second version of it as PlayStation Five is also, um, as also getting it. So it's like if you know for a fact, a like a pl- a PlayStation, there's gonna be a new PSVR coming out in two years. Probably gonna be paired up with PlayStation Five. I wouldn't buy a PlayStation VR at all right now. Yeah. Waste of money.
1: I just feel like they haven't perfected the VR concept yet, and they're still trying to get there. Everyone thought that VR was gonna take off and you know be this crazy thing, which it kind of got some you know some it got kind of got a running start like there was some room but then there was also some room for improvement. But
0: room, room for improvement and price. I think that PlayStation would be wise to just simply pair up the PSVR with the upcoming PS5 and have it included because otherwise if the next iteration of PSVR is more expensive or like what have you, then no one's going to buy it. I think PSVR is also the cheapest headset right now compared to the other ones. So they should keep going in the cheaper in or included route.
1: Right. I mean, Sony's got money to burn. So they're just like, so just why not? You know?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, You know, with the release of stadia, I think a lot of companies are going to be looking at in that direction. Um, instead of VR, I think a lot of people are going to try to focus their efforts on making streaming consoles a thing. Since for Stadia, it doesn't seem like you need a lot of crazy internal hardware since you're streaming a game from a separate source that's running all the hardware for you. Um, this would also, in turn, mean that consoles will be a lot smaller. But of course, we still have like that PlayStation Now console, that that streaming little PlayStation console. But I don't think it's going to be enough to warrant the new hardware that these other companies are trying to put out i could definitely see microsoft pushing this more than sony i don't know if sony has
0: definitely gonna push it more based off of the clues and hints that we gotten from them last year i don't think playstation is gonna if playstation is gonna go in that direction it's it's not gonna be for a while
1: these are i agree with you and these are my like my honestly my personal thoughts on this Microsoft has a lot of money. I I wouldn't. I don't know if it's as much as Google. I don't know what what both those companies' net are. Think for,
0: Microsoft clearly for sure has more money than Sony.
1: Yeah, but when it compared to Google, I don't know where both companies, Google and uh, Microsoft, lie in like a wealth perspective or like a resources perspective. But Microsoft does have a lot of money, and if they can pull off something like the Stadia they could do it. They could definitely put in those infrastructure systems around different cities in the U.S. and push for the streaming service to go through their the next Xbox, you know, like the digital only version of the Xbox that can only stream games and not download them or do both, you know. Whereas honestly Sony is a Japanese company and at the end of the day they're not going to put their resources into something that's not going to hit both Japan and the U.S. It's true. They're, they're going to factor something that's Disc-based, so that the Japanese audience will buy these games and have no problem with it. Because at, when it comes down to it, the Japanese audience—they love physical media. They love CD still. There's there's still CD stores and DVD stores all around Japan. Rental stores too. Like you don't see that in the U.S. anymore, and it's because people like having the physicality of things. But I'm not just saying that the Japanese people love it. Americans love it too. But you know, otherwise we wouldn't have stores like GameStop. But at the end of the day. It comes down to um, the markets. And as I mentioned, Jap- Sony's a Japanese company and their main market will be Japan. But, you know, all- of course, the US is a huge market for them as well. But they have to please both markets. And to make two different models for two different systems while putting an infrastructure in for just North America, I think that's too much money for Sony to handle right now.
0: And the funny thing is. Japan arguably has better internet than the United States.
1: They do. They really do. There's better internet.
0: They actually have all the internet resources to even do a streaming thing. You know, Jeremy, I just had a thought. Yeah. So, okay. How much is Google going to pay in royalties to the developers who have these games on their On their platform because the thing, so for example, the thing with Nintendo, Nintendo is a developer themselves, so they're making money. Sony is a developer themselves, so they're making money. Microsoft is a developer themselves, so they're making money. If you Google is a third is a third party, you know, and they're different because the thing about Steam is you're you're buying the game, so they're so whatever royalty Steam gets, like they get, but like you're still getting a copy of the game but in a subscription-based format you're paying what $29 to Google to stream a library of games but how do the numbers work in terms of the developer being paid for the game that and what and like how many minutes of actually playing Borderlands for example does Gearbox actually get money like I'm just it, obviously we don't know the answers to it, but I actually think that's kind of that mu- that might be a big issue if if they don't get that much money out of it. So Google, basic like for example Ubisoft, Google has to pay a lot of these AAA developers a lot of money, yeah. Or else it's not worth it to them.
1: Yeah, I see what you're saying, but I honestly don't know how much they're giving to these other companies. I'm sure there's going to be... We, we, don't, like, we
0: don't know yet because, like, the, the concept was just introduced last week at GDC.
1: Yeah, and they didn't really talk about that, and I don't know if they will talk about that right now, but it definitely is something to consider.
0: Yeah. If I'm a develop, basically, it comes... Pretty much, it, just, it comes down to, again, that probably... I, I don't know. Like, I think it's going to be a very interesting thing whether... If, especially triple a is google even going to be willing to shell out a lot of money to them we'll see we'll see what happens
1: yeah i mean google again google's a big company and if they're the one to pull this off like i could totally see them doing this and more in the future so yeah it's going to be interesting the future of gaming is kind of weird right now no one knows what direction it's going to go in and that's the best part too
0: Oh yeah, it's great. I think that um I think that basically owning it owning the game itself is probably it will most likely move to digital with physical being like very limited edition special copies, but um at least the one thing that PlayStation will always benefit is that people will always want and like PlayStation and Steam will benefit, is people will always want their own copy of the game and not stream it. So there's always going to be a market in buying a game, which yeah. is all good in the hood.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, th- unfortunately, that would mean that companies like GameStop will cease to exist. And you'll only be left with the mom and pop shops, which are pretty rare in the city of San Francisco, I have to say, which is really sad because I want more.
0: Now you got to go outside of San Francisco to go to a lot of video game. And because like because San Francisco is super gentrified and expensive to pay for rent and a lot of these gaming retro collection stores, they're not going to shell out that money to be in San Francisco unless they were grandfathered in and they've owned that store for 20
1: years. Yeah. That's the sad truth of it, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Oh, and then another thing is I think also at GDC, Apple Arcade was announced, which is basically Google Stadia. Like if it's you know, whatever. It is just another it's just another announce it's just an announcement until it comes to life. So That's true. Yeah.
1: That's very true.
0: Yeah. The last thing I want to talk about is the Mortal Kombat 11 trailer because it's legit as fuck. And they've really improved on the music on this trailer. It's so much better. It's way better than it's that trap bullshit that happened last time. It's not trap. It's not <laughs> trap. It was actually a great... It was wonderful. Now I'm really hyped. So aside from the, all the characters that were like in- introduced... Like Kung Lao and Shang Tsung and all of these really, uh, like you know, Jacks, all Classic. these epic, all these classics. classics. And in, it's funny you say classics because the point of the trailer actually was old school versus new school, and all of these older character, well, like you know, like Mortal Kombat characters were evenly distributed in the trailer, but but like a lot of it had to do with kind of like mixing. New Mortal Kombat with old Mortal Kombat. And the beginning of the trailer actually had Ice Cube. And that was the first half of the trailer. And then the second half of the trailer had Vince Staples. And Ice Cube, Vince Staples, if you guys don't know, are prolific rappers that are based in the Los Angeles Long Beach area. So it's like you have an old school rapper and a new school rapper. It was just just wonderful. God... Why? No one should ever put Trap on their trailers ever again. It was a travesty, but thank God that this made up for it. (laughs) The marketing was way better here.
1: Good. I mean, I think they're trying to hit a lot of the younger audience when they released that initial trailer, but...
0: It was trash.
1: Everyone agreed. No, no, that was universal. Everyone agreed that it was trash.
0: Like, I've heard... Decent Trap. The Mortal Kombat Remix soundtrack has Decent Trap. This Trap, I was just like, God, I hate people.
1: It's like Mumble <laughs> Trap. Everyone, I know. Ugh, it's horrible. I know. Uh man. Well, I mean, you're going to get the game, right?
0: Oh, I'm act- I'm getting Mortal Co- That's a game I'm getting on launch. I'm so hyped cool. for it. It's going to be wonderful.
1: I think I asked you this already, Elisa, but do you own a fight stick for the PS4? Uh,
0: no, I used to... Uh, I used to have it for, like, actually every year except for PS4. It's all good, though. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay. No, I was just curious.
0: Yeah. I used to have... I I liked mine for PlayStation 1 especially because it it was just a really nice one for Tekken, and my cousin gave it to me. But I don't know. I got lazy. That shit's expensive. I got to pay the bills and eat.
1: No, I feel it.
0: Yeah. But it's all good in the hood. Cause I'm fine with controller, it's all good. Hey, hey, and that's the last thing I want to talk about.
1: Cool. Um, from my end, I want to talk about Notch being removed from all M- Minecraft, basically references. It, yeah, it, it doesn't say like made by Notch anymore, and they kind of removed him from. Uh, from everything within the Minecraft code, he, he's been erased by Microsoft. And there's two reasons why that I believe. One is because, you know, he's been like spouting off all this crazy stuff because on he's like Yeah, he's like a conspiracy theorist now and it's it's gotten weird with him. I think it's because he's so rich, he doesn't know what to do anymore. He's just bored of life and he's just like I don't know like he doesn't know what to spend his money on and he's just spouting off random things when he wakes up. Who knows?
0: Also, um, it, I'm sorry, this is a tangent, but yeah, you know, YouTube is actually taking down videos that are conspiracy theories.
1: Yeah. Which, I don't like know they wh-
0: like they made an announcement that they're going to take down videos that are conspiracy theories, which, by the way, is a very strange call from YouTube simply because, come on, y'all, one Illuminati's real. You didn't hear it from me. Two, um, nine eleven was an inside job. You also didn't hear it from me. And three, conspiracy theories don't have that many views. Like in the grand scheme of things, it, it ain't that serious. YouTube, but yeah, yeah, like I don't know what's going on.
1: Ugh, who knows? I
0: mean, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know, but it, it is interesting. I think also. Okay, so I guess aside from his Twitter rants being a little off what I would ask is if in the contract when he sold off Minecraft is there a clause that said like in whatever years w- you know you no longer own you know are going to be put on Minecraft also I don't know the answer to that question
1: I am not sure either yeah t- to be honest but um, yeah I just think that he he's still making some money from it after he sold the company because he sold it back in 2014 and Microsoft paid him him $2.5 billion. Um, so who knows how else he's making money from that. Elisa will be out for 20 minutes or so dealing with something. So in the meantime, you have me, um, uh, by the way, for those that don't know, Notch uh, is from Sweden, and his real name is Marcus Person, uh, and he created Minecraft, so I don't know if that was clear. So, yeah, I, I just think that Notch is a, I don't know, I, I think he's a good guy, I think he's a good guy at heart, he just has weird intentions, and he's just talking about random shit all the time that no one really cares about, so much so that... Microsoft booted him from the game. Um, and I mentioned in the beginning of this is the first reason why. The second reason why is because it's been five years since Nosh sold Minecraft. And, you know, with a company merger like this and with them just taking over Minecraft wholly, I think it's about time that they just erase his name anyways since, yes, he, he did create the game and he did you know quote unquote found the company but that doesn't mean that microsoft has to keep him there now that the company's owned by them they can do whatever they want with it they can even kill minecraft if they want to but unfortunately minecraft i guess fortunately you know minecraft has kind of had a resurgence recently i don't know why but a lot of people are going back and playing the game again. Um, I guess it's because all the little kids went from Minecraft to uh, Fortnite. So there are, now, there's people that can actually play the game. I'm not sure, but <laughs> I'm just spitting out of my ass there. Um, I I did play a lot of Minecraft when I was younger. I mentioned this on the podcast earlier, where uh, my brother and I were part of the server called New Heights, and it was awesome. We all had our own like little little islands where we can like chill and stuff like that so i do have some fond memories with minecraft i'm not trying to diss on minecraft i think it's still a great game it's a really good learning tool um but i think that at the end of the day uh this is just all part of business you know it's just a business transaction that was was made a while ago and the only way that we can see the end of it is uh, if people just stop voting with their wallets. But again, Minecraft is a beast that can't be killed. It's the second most played game in the whole world, next to the first game that was, that's been most popular in the whole world, which is Tetris, surprisingly. Hence why we got Tetris 99, uh, Tetris Battle Royale, something that no one ever thought was going to come out. I'm still surprised by that actually. Like, why... Why make a Tetris Battle Royale game? Eh, who knows. But, um, yeah, so Notch isn't, is this really crazy dude now. I mean, everyone knows him as, like, the guy who, uh, created Minecraft and, you know, started using his money for weird things. Um, uh, he, he criticized piracy at one point, but... Um, you know, it seemed like he was a part of the whole pirate thing. He, it's, he's part of the pirate party of Sweden. I have no idea what that is and what they do, but he's part of that, even though he said he was against it. I'm assuming the pirate party of Sweden is, um, something that has to do with online piracy. I don't know. Maybe it's a political party. In any case... Uh, So he's known for that, but he's also known for uh, purchasing a home in Beverly Hills for like $70 million. And he outbid. (sighs) Who did he outbid? It was like Jay-Z and Beyonce, I think, that he outbid. With Mojang, he created a lot of really cool stuff, I think. The other piece of news that I want to talk about is the layoffs at EA. So there are around 150, not 150, sorry, 350 employees that were let go, uh, unfortunately. From uh from EA. And it's just sad when th- things like this happen, because these game companies, as we've told before on the podcast, the the industry is so finicky right now. There's like no union um, jobs come and go so fast. You know, you, at one point you could be happy working for a game company. The second minute you're being fired. There's no stability. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot of hard work that goes into them. There's a lot of deadlines you have to meet. Um, but surprisingly it's for, you know, EA is a company that everyone thought would be doing well since they've all these, they have all these micro transactions and have so much money in their pocket. But unfortunately they had to have layoffs just like last month, Activision Blizzard had some layoffs, a lot of layoffs. It was like 800 jobs. And then before that, uh, late last year, Telltale had a huge layoff, which we covered and it's, it sucks. You know, it sucks when these things happen, even if you don't like a company, you have to recognize that these are the little people that were just doing what the what the top people were telling them to do. Um, so although everyone says EA is a shitty company, which, you know, let's be honest, there are a lot of aspects of EA that aren't good. Uh, there are a lot of people that go into making a video game, a single video game. And so when these kinds of things happen, it just sucks that, you know, these people have to find a job now and EA, for those that don't know is actually based in redwood city close to san francisco the bay area where elisa and i are um so you know hopefully these people go find jobs soon there's a lot more studios in the bay area where uh where they can go find jobs and work yet but man we don't want to see any more layoffs it's like once a month now almost uh we'll see we'll see Anyways, guys, thanks for listening to the 96th episode of Downtime Podcast. If you guys want to find us, go to www.downtime.live. Click on the word community on the bottom left. You can find a hyperlink to join our Discord, where we talk about games all the time, talk about stuff, anything, memes, music. Mostly games, though. There's anime, too, and we yell at each other sometimes. Um, and uh, at the top, click on... The word contact, fill out our form to contact us directly, ask us a question, leave us a review, etc., etc. If you want to contact us the old fashioned way, go to contact at downtime.live, send us an email at contact at downtime.live to ask us a question, leave a comment, leave a concern. Hopefully you don't have any. Um, and again, we are always open to hear your thoughts. Leave a comment on YouTube. um, Leave us a review on iTunes. Leave us a comment on Podbean. We're always here to listen. We're always here to uh, talk to you guys about stuff. So, uh, again, yeah. Thanks, guys, for listening to the 96th episode of Downtime Podcast. Have a good night.